1: 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Rita and Glenn slash Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And we got the first day, Cordell, of minicamp, mandatory minicamp underway, under the belt. You were at the castle. So we'll talk about what you saw uh, at the castle and, and what you uh, particularly got from the first day of minicamp. But I want to start with Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, he's the big splash in free agency, um, outside of the Lamar signing, of course, but the, the big splash in free agency for this team. And um, he spoke yesterday and had a couple of things that he wanted to say. First thing, obviously, was him wanting to get back onto the field. And I think that you and I talked about this on the last podcast, like we didn't really feel like Odell would really be um, doing a whole lot for minicamp. But it feels like that that's something that he really wanted to do. So when he said that, Cordell, what were your thoughts in terms of, you know, him feeling like he needed to be out there so he could feel like he's a part of the team and also kind of getting his feet wet from his injury?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was great for him to be there as- Mandatory many mini, mini camp, so it's like he really has no choice. And look, I, I'm I, I didn't get on any players really for not being there for voluntary mini camp or voluntary OTAs or football school because all of that stuff is voluntary. And I understand what goes into the preparation of the season, and I think anybody that is in this, they when they get there, they need to be fully invested. They, they need yes. to be all the way ready to go. And, you know, whenever guys show up, they, they show up. So he's there. Um, and to be honest, he participated in more than I thought he would. I, I expected him to just kind of do individuals and kind of go off to the side to maybe get his conditioning up or, you know, train with the side trainers. But he 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 was involved in pretty much everything they did. He didn't do all the reps. That most of the starters did, but he he definitely was sprinkled in there, even in the team drill. So that was a good sign uh, for sure. But, you know, hearing him talk uh, during his press conference, you know, it, it really let me know just how much of a pro he is at this point. Um, he's a he knows how to talk. And he knows how to, you know, <laughs> well, well, make- well, being
1: in New York helps right. you learn how to it deal does. with media in that sense. It does,
0: <laughs> no, no question about it. And you know, he's definitely brought that to Baltimore with him. Uh, he has a certain charisma about him. He has a way of, you know, kind of getting you not not to say that he's lying, but you, he has a way of basically talking in a way that gets you to believe what he's saying. Yeah. Um, And and we'll see what happens this year. You know, honestly, I'm still in wait and see mode. I think that this is an experiment. I think that it it is a big risk when you look at what they gave him and what his uh, injury history is and the fact that he hasn't played in a year. No doubt about it is risk there. But there's reward possibilities there as well when you bring in a guy like that. And I talked about it on my show. You know, I think it, it says a lot just to have Odell there because it's finally somebody that Lamar can relate to like I mean you we could just go simply off of like Instagram and I usually don't do this for players (laughs) but just just to kind of put this uh into a certain aspect that people can understand Odell Beckham has 17.3 million followers on Instagram Lamar Jackson who is by far the most popular player on the team I would say before Odell got here has 3.2 million Right, uh, And so I, I think that it shouldn't be overlooked the fact that Odell is kind of that guy in the locker room that now can understand what life for Lamar Jackson is off the field. Uh, nobody else in that locker room has been relatable to that, to that point. Nobody understands what it's like to be Lamar to go and to not be able to just go to a restaurant. I mean, sure, there are other popular players on this team like Marlon Humphrey, for instance. Marlon's not necessarily, I think has to change the way he lives life because his popularity is so big. Lamar kind of has to, Odell kind of has to. So I I do think it's good that he has somebody that he can relate to somebody that can understand, you know, what real life for him is like off the field. And uh, uh, Odell talked about being, you know, that veteran presence in the wide receiver room, and he's got a lot of, You know, it may not be something he's proud of, but he's gone through injury problems in the past, something that Rashad Bateman is kind of going through. So he talked about being there for Bateman, being able to be the guy that Bateman can lean on, especially when rehab can kind of uh, be tough. So I think Beckham being in Baltimore is a good thing without a a doubt. While I do still believe that there are risks there, I, I do think the risk was worth the reward.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and I definitely think that this was a much-needed presence, particularly at the wide receiver position, which was very young, and I don't want to say misguided, but they didn't have the real veteran leadership that they've Mm had um, since – essentially since Lamar's been here. I mean, you know, he he had John Brown, I think, his rookie season. But after that, you know, they drafted Hollywood Brown. They drafted Rashad Bateman and didn't have a real veteran presence. So it's really nice to have a guy like Odell be here and, like you said, be the person that he is and understanding what that's like and also being here to help other guys as well. Um, he also, also mentioned that he and Lamar are going to – work out in south florida leading up to training camp how did you feel about that of course it, it feels like this is a huge deal because they didn't really do any uh, they weren't here for otas and it you do feel like you need to start finding a rapport um, prior to training camp obviously we know training camp is also a good tool for that but it feels like that these two really want to try to make a dynamic here by trying to work out together.
0: Yeah. And honestly, this is, this is why when people were throwing a hissy fit about Lamar not being at football school and not being (laughs) there at the start of OTA, this is why I kind of rolled my eyes at those people, because you have people questioning Lamar's work ethic, his commitment to the team and Rita, if you think about it, historically Lamar always gets with his receivers in yeah. the off season. He yep. always throws with them.
1: So, like, we, we're not gonna act like we forgot Mark Andrews was right. allowed to wear the chain right. when yeah. they went to Arizona a couple of off seasons yeah. ago. Like, we're not gonna forget that. This,
0: this is what he's always done. I, I yeah. just, it's just crazy how when you're going through the contract dispute or when you don't show up to one thing or another, people seem to quickly forget, and they'll start making up their own narratives, but I you yeah. know, I, I wasn't surprised to hear that because again that's what Lamar has historically done. I'm I'm curious to find out who else will be down there. Lamar worked out with Nelson Aguilar a little bit before OTA's, uh if you remember. So I wonder I, I would imagine Odell's not going to be the only receiver down there. I would imagine Zay is going to be down there as well. We heard yeah. Zay talk about the fact that he and Lamar we're going to work together i think after rookie camp, and they both are in south florida as much as they possibly can be so i would imagine that uh zay will be a part of that group who knows who else will be out there but yes yeah, it's, it's good to it's good for that to happen because while they're able to get some of those reps in practice it's 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 different when you know you're able to work out on your own and you can kind of understand the timing a little better you can understand tendencies a little better understand what Lamar if you're Odell what Lamar may be looking at and how he may want you to kind of work back to him when he breaks out of the pocket those are the things that they can't necessarily just um lock in on when they're at practice because practice practice is structured they have a certain uh uh, schedule that they're going by when they're out there Todd Munkin has certain things he wants to do but when they're able to work out on with each other, they're able to do more of those uh, in between things that you look at throughout the course of the game. Just, just like I said, just understanding tendencies, body language and routes, understanding when Beckham is going to make his break. So yeah, I I think it's it's nothing but good for these guys to be on the field with each other as much as possible. And one of the big reasons why I, I feel like Odell being in Baltimore could be a positive is because Lamar needs some, quarterback friendly wide receivers mm-hmm. and Odell historically has been that for his quarterbacks so uh I, I'm I'm definitely excited for Lamar to be able to have somebody outside of Andrews that he feels like he can look for when he gets into trouble
1: and depend on for sure my favorite part about the press so of course was you know he had his his uh City Connect Orioles hat on mm-hmm. and they, he said he had a team already, but he's excited about the Orioles and it's very hard to not, you know, obviously, you know, you, you probably see and hear a lot of the Orioles stuff going on while you're here. The fact that he's embracing the city so quickly, um, you know, he was at the, the, the Javante Davis fight and, mm-hmm. you know, gave him a Jersey and then he has the, the Orioles shirt on. I think, is something that really resonates with fans. I've seen a lot of people say, I really want to dislike Odell Beckham Jr., which I don't understand why that was ever a thing. Uh, But apparently people just didn't care for him. I got a theory on that. Maybe it's because your girl said he was fine. (laughs) You didn't like that. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. And now people are like, I, I really like him, man. Like I really like him. I just think he's, you know, hard to dislike. You know, he's not a bad guy. He doesn't really get into trouble. He just, you know, he's just a good-looking dude out there trying to trying to play some football. And y'all was hating on that man. So. I am very excited for him uh, to to embrace the city, embrace the team, and be a part of what it is that the Ravens are trying to do for twenty twenty three. I think I think that that's something that people are very excited for when they see and hear Odell speak. So yeah,
0: I mean he's like I said, he's definitely a charismatic person. He knows yes. how to talk. Uh, he he knows how to get you to buy into what he's saying, and he's no fool. He hasn't become pop- this this popular by accident. Right. Like you said embracing the city. He understands how to win over fan bases. Uh that that's something that he's been able to do at every stop he's been at. So, you know, this is this is just a part of being a professional. You know, it's not just the on the field aspect and that's one of the things about O'Dell that has allowed him to reach the fame that he has that he's reached. He has fans that go beyond football fans you know yeah. what i'm saying so um and 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 i think that's because when he he knows how to adapt to his environment that's one thing me and my friends always talk about is you know being able to adapt in, in any environment being able to uh kind of blend in with the locals and learn the lingo and and and, and kind of make that new place a home for you and that was you know me obviously being from dc and then moving to baltimore that was a huge change for me even though both cities are right next to each other right know, right are from each other, it's two totally different places as you know so uh it, it was you know something i didn't even know if i could do but over time it was something that happened. Obviously, I don't have the charismatic abilities of, of Odell to just be able to get the city to love me overnight. Um, but, I
1: think you might. Yeah, right. I, I feel oh, like well, you yeah. got something going there. <laughs> not, <laughs> but not, not 13 million people. So. Right,
0: right. Not to that level. Not to that level. But yeah, that's that's one of the you know, things that you know you talk about when you talk about guys being a pros pro, it goes beyond what they're able to do on the field. He knows how to win over the fans as well.
1: I agree. So he's definitely one in the eyes of the fans off the field. It will be exciting to see what he can do on the field to win fans, media, uh, and the likes uh, come this season. Subscribe to the winning drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to know. John Harbaugh spoke to the media as well. Of course And um, one of the updates that he did give were basically about his defensive backs. And he spoke regarding Pepe Williams, which doesn't seem too good right now, Cordell. He will miss minicamp with an undisclosed injury, but he'll be back for the start. Uh, training camp in late July um, and Jalen Arma Davis was limited in practice as well yesterday we just had a conversation about those two guys literally um, from a, a specific part of camp battles and you know Now, all of a sudden, those two guys are dealing with some situations. So I ask you this. Do you feel comfortable with the Ravens' situation at defensive back? There's other guys on the roster, and you had named quite a few guys um, in our last podcast. But do you feel as though they're good with what they have? Or is it time to start looking at Marcus Peters and giving him a call? Adrian Amos is not Available as of right now. I mean, well, period. He went to the Jets mm-hmm. um, yesterday in a signing because of the injury to Chuck Clark. But Marcus Peters is still available. Do you start saying, maybe I got to call MP and say, hey, do you want to come back? Or do you allow this to at least go to training camp to see how this is going to play out?
0: Yeah, so- I mean, I, I think right now I'm probably still waiting to see how this goes. Um, they, I I think they want to give these young guys a chance. Now the injury to Pepe Williams may change things because it's not allowing them to get the look at him that they may have wanted to, uh, same for Jalen Armour Davis. He's out there, but he's working on the side field. He's not involved in any team drills right now. Um, so I think I want to say maybe he had hip surgery or, or a hip issue going back to last year that, he's still probably recovering from so that may force them to maybe go after Peters or something my thing with Peters is that I just wonder what his role will be uh, because they brought in Rocky Al-Sin and he's a predominantly outside guy I think they want to keep Marlin outside as much as they can unless they're forced to put him inside um, depending on the matchup that Sunday Um, And I think they obviously like what Kyle Hamilton gives them on the inside. Now they're not going to completely lean on him there, but I think they like the mix of Kyle Hamilton and uh, uh, Brandon Stevens a little bit as well. So I I think that they want to give these guys that are on the team right now, as much of an opportunity as possible to see what they can do before they go back out and start spending some more money. And that's the thing is, is Peters. I mean, at this point, the market dictates it. And, you know, you probably can get Peters for a lot cheaper than you were able to get him a couple of months ago. Um, But I, I just wonder what his role will be. And will he be able to have a role that he's satisfied with? Peters isn't going to want to stand on the sideline. He's going to want to be out there every play. Valley. And we've seen the blow ups. On the <laughs> we, we know he's not. Afraid to speak his mind and, and tell Harbs how he's feeling. Yes, I don't know if that's something that they necessarily want to deal with. That's uh, a valid
1: point. Yeah, and you know, as much as they say that they love Marcus Peters because he's he has the attitude like a raven, um, you know, he's very passionate. Obviously, about what it is that he's doing, it doesn't mean that you keep wanting to tolerate the blowups that, that happens, you know, when something doesn't go the way that it's supposed to and, and such, Um, you know, and in addition to the guys that you mentioned that they already have, I mean, they do have some safety depth as well. I don't know if we, how we feel about our Darius Washington, but he is on the roster. He's been
0: playing well. I, I, he was one of the stars of the first day of mini camp. Okay. He, he had an interception, I believe, and all probably could have had two, uh, if he doesn't drop it, but he was one of the DBs that was kind of, he and Rocky Austin pretty much were the two guys. I think that stood out to me on the first day. In and terms those, of DBs.
1: that's a guy that, you know, we really haven't, we don't know much about because he hasn't had an opportunity to play mm-hmm. thus far. So that there's that position as well. Obviously we know that they brought back Geno stone and, and they have Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. So you do have defensive backs back there that you could utilize and not have to go out and get a guy. And I just don't really feel like that they feel it's a pressing need because if they did, I would think that they would like to have that guy here by minicamp to try to have some type of rapport if it was going to be somebody new, like a guy like Amos, who, again, is not available anymore, or a guy like Peters, who, although he has a rapport with this team, you still want him to get his feet wet in terms of being ready for this, the season. So it does feel like that they're going to – just move along and that they feel like that they have enough um, defensive backs that can compensate right now for what they're missing um, out of Pepe Williams and out of Jalen Armour Davis. But I do think that it's something that we have to monitor uh, moving forward because it's very possible that they might decide by training camp, hey, you know, Pepe uh, Pepe Williams is not 100%. We still need to get a guy and then looking into Marcus Peters or – someone else, by the way.
0: And and I would say, if you want to take anything that may give you optimism that Peters could be brought back, it's the fact that Peters is still available. There's and that. I mean, you know, I, I think that obviously Peters didn't have the year that he would have liked to have had last year. It was his first year back off the injury. Um, and I still think Peters can play. I still, I still think he can play in this league. And for him to not be picked up, by now it does make you wonder if he and the Ravens already kind of have something situated to where he'll be, he'll be brought in around camp because he he's still, I think too good to be still available at this time.
1: I agree with that. So we have that. That's something that I think that we have to monitor um, in terms of how the defensive back situation is going to look. And if, like you said, there's something that's kind of an unwritten rule that we don't know about, that Marcus Peter finds Marcus Peters finds a way to return to the Ravens roster. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Stay tuned for that. Have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so that every time that there's a new episode, you can be the first to know. All right, Cordell. So you were out at the castle, had an opportunity to see the guys in action. Any early observations you have that you could share with the good people about what you saw and your thoughts thus far?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess my first observation were the guys that weren't there. And Dobbins was the first surprise because... Which is
1: funny, right? And I don't mean to cut you off. No, no. But we talked about a soft hold out which they're saying is a soft issue a soft, soft tissue, tissue a right. soft tissue issue mm-hmm. which is very possible mm-hmm. but I do think that that is interesting that yeah. he is not playing as of right now so I, I apologize for the interruption no. but that, that's something that stuck out to me being as though that's a conversation we literally just had right days and,
0: ago. And, and honestly I mean I don't know which one is necessarily worse. Is it, even if it, let's say it is the, it is a soft tissue injury and it's something like a hamstring or something. That's not good uh, because hamstrings can flare up and you are really, you don't know when you're kind of out of the woods with the hamstring issues because they can kind of just get, you know, show back up at the worst times. Uh, But a soft holdout wouldn't be great either um, because especially when, you know, on a day where all that all that craziness is going out and going on out in Buffalo with Stephon Diggs and is he there? Is he not? And yep. and it's, it was almost a similar situation with J.K. Dobbins because we saw all the media stuff that the, that the Ravens put out uh, of J.K. being there, all the pictures, all the videos, and I was we we spoke to John Harbaugh before practice started, and he was specifically asked if he expected anybody to not be out there, or oh, and he said not only did he get a full roster that everybody showed up to camp, he said that so we knew J.K. was there, and but he also said that he wasn't expecting many people to have limitations. I asked him about Bateman specifically, and that's when he told us about Bateman getting a cortisone shot. So we figured we wouldn't see Bateman out there, even though he was on the field just not practicing. Right. Uh, it was a surprise to not see jk dobbins out there and i'm hoping out of the two bad options whether it's injury or him doing a hold-in um i'm hoping it's probably the injury more than the hold-in just because i don't understand what he would have to gain from holding in you he doesn't have any leverage in this situation it's just a fact he doesn't have any leverage um, and I, I just don't think that that's going to help things. And when you think about the fact that Gus Edwards was on the field practicing, he didn't necessarily practice in team drills, but he was up to practicing individual drills, which is something he didn't do during OTAs. You got a guy in Gus Edwards that that can keep the ball rolling. You know, It's not like they're going to be in flux if JK doesn't play. Obviously, they would love to have JK on the field because he is their best back. But if they have to go out there with Gus Edwards, I don't think they're going to lose any sleep about that. Um, five,
1: yeah, five yards a pop right? Tells you me know, that you feel okay with that yeah, type of situation. Yeah, so I, I I,
0: just don't understand. If that is the case, I don't understand what Dobbins would be doing with that. But with Bateman, I'm I'm a little worried about Bateman right okay. now. Uh, the cortisone shot and, and everything, like he was doing individuals, doing the OTAs. And didn't do much after that. That's fine. I, I was hoping he'd kind of ramp it up a little bit now with Minnie Camp being here. But again, the you know the lower body issues, the foot issues coming off that list, Frank injury that is just one of the worst foot injuries you can have. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I, I, I think he's an incredible talent. I still believe he's the best wide receiver on the team. And you're in a situation already now with Dobbins in year four where you blinked in his year four and you really don't. Fully know what you have in Dobbins, you know what his potential could be, um, but you don't fully know how good JK Dobbins can be because you haven't really been able to see it on a consistent basis. It's the same thing with Bateman, and his first hurdle needs to just be making himself available, being able to be on the field consistently. So, I'm a little worried about that. Hopefully, it turns out to not be a big deal, but um, just given his history to this point, I'm I'm I am a little concern but in terms of observations um I saw you know it I think when you talk let's go to the left guard battle okay um, because that's one of the big position battles going on right now John Simpson has been a guy that's that you know last time we spoke I, I was talking about John Simpson looks like he's probably the guy as of right now he still looks to be in the mold right now but uh Sala the rookie that they just drafted this year he got a lot of run. At left guard on, on the first day of mini camp. So that was a little bit of a change because we didn't see a lot of him uh during OTAs. He got sprinkled in there, but definitely not as much run uh as he got on the first day of mini camp. So that's something to watch. Um Ben Cleveland just doesn't seem like he's a part of the conversation for the left guard spot. They, they're <sighs> throwing him out there at tackle, but
1: I mean, it feels. This feels like we're at the end of the road here. I could. I could be, um, being very dramatic right now. I'm not sure, but it just feels like we're at the end of a road here, and that he's not going to make it past training camp.
0: I don't think he is. Okay, and he and, and he can't afford to have a situation like last year where he's not passing the conditioning test early and missing. Uh, training camp practices, he, yeah, he's not in that position to be able to afford that right now. So, uh, the left guard battle to me right now still looks like Simpson and 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 Sala and uh, file has still been thrown in the mix. Those look to be the three guys that look to be in the running, uh, for that position. Tyus Bowser. Uh one of your you know friends for the ties Bowser show, he was uh out there working off to the side. Didn't uh, he may have done some individuals but didn't participate in team drills. He was one of the guys working to the side. Armor Davis, also one of the guys working uh to the side. In terms of the guys that were on the field, Lamar, you know, uh, his first pass to Odell was almost picked on a crossing route. Ooh. Uh yeah, but but actually by Rocky Asin, who, like I said earlier, had a pretty good day. Um, but all in all, he and Odell did connect on a couple of slant routes. Odell showed the ability to win early in his routes, which is something that has been a consistent thing with him throughout his career. Um, So that was good to see. Uh, Mark Andrews, of course, flashes multiple times yesterday. There was a play where you got, where I got to see how comfortable Lamar is starting to get um, with being able to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. He saw Mark Andrews lined up one-on-one with, Patrick Queen and I'm taking that
1: all day, baby. This is not about Patrick Queen. This no. is about Mark Andrews and it's, any it's, linebacker quite right.
0: Mark, yeah, Mark Andrews against anybody. Exactly. It's one-on-one, you're, you're taking that. And Lamar goes up to, to Mark, calls a hot route, and he attacks it and and Lamar hits him on the play. So that was good to see Lamar looks like he's getting much more comfortable. He had a play uh, with, I believe it was Nelson Aguilar, where Aguilar does uh, maybe a hitch and Lamar throws it deep. Obviously nobody's there. And instead of kind of just going back to the huddle or going back to the quarterbacks or, or something like that, Lamar goes up to Nelson Aguilar. Like he, Lamar runs down the field to Aguilar. And is telling him what he saw, what he thought he should do, and you could see Aguilar kind of shaking his head in agreement, like you know, okay, I I got you. So to see Lamar do that was was good to see. I think Todd Munkin and the way he coaches those guys out there, and the way that he stays on everybody, on every little thing after each play. I think that's starting to rub off on on Lamar a little bit. Instead of letting some of those mistakes fly, they're trying to correct them right then and there. That's a change uh, with them from practices in years past. Um, I still saw David Ajabo kind of flashing quite a bit, Adafi Owe flashing quite a bit. Um, Justin Matabike had a couple of nice plays where he's blowing up run plays in the middle uh, as well. But Nelson Aguilar, he was he was one of the guys that they targeted a lot yesterday. Uh, Charlie Kohler, another one. I think Kohler, Interesting. He, he has to get on the field in some way, shape, or form. He's not the most athletic guy that you'll see. You'll watch him running out there, and it may look like he's running in slow motion sometimes. But it, <laughs> it, it's almost like it's a part of his skill set. Like he's luring you to sleep, and he just ends up open, and he's got maybe the softest hands on the team he doesn't drop anything
1: not not to not that he's going to be this guy but when i hear you talk about him it sounds like N- Nikola yokish to me <laughs> 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 i mean like you know you're you saying that he don't really look like he, yeah. he's gonna do nothing and then boom he does something he does, so.
0: he does. now i don't know if he <laughs> has much yak ability yeah uh, but he's a guy that can get open and i think he he's a guy you can trust he he, he, he has great hands he has a incredible catch radius Um, and he just gets, he just gets the job done. And and in terms of his role, like I I think he's perfect for red zones, short yardage, you know, he could be that kind another one of those safety nets for, for Lamar. So we're, we're supposed to talk to Todd Monk in a day. And I mean, my number one question is how does he, how is he incorporating this tight end room with this offense? We could talk about wide receivers all day, But the Ravens arguably have the best tight end room in the league. I mean, there's not many teams that have two legit tight ends that they can go out there with, let alone three tight ends that they can play on a weekly basis. So that's definitely one of the things I'm looking for. Um, I would say Kavon Seymour was another one that had a pretty good day. Uh, I'd say Ardarius Washington and and Rocky Asen had good days as well. And Tyler Huntley, to be honest, Tyler Huntley has made some really good passes. Uh, not just on the first day of mini camp, but even through OTAs, there were a couple of times where he made a throw and I had to look and see like, was that who, who threw that pass? And it wasn't the <laughs> ball. It was Huntley and right. he, he's got fire on his passes. He throws the ball incredibly hard. Um, but he has, he's made some, some pinpoint passes that have, That have impressed me. So, you know, guys are still flashing. I will say that it looks like this offense is starting to ramp up and guys are starting to get a better understanding of what this offense is supposed to look like. They're getting more comfortable that that's a good thing to see.
1: I'm excited to, to get more of your feedback about what you saw about the rest of the camp, because obviously that's just the first day and there's more camp to be had. There's more storylines to be had. You know, does J.K. find a way on the field and 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 does uh, Jalen Armadamus find more of a, a way to get back from whatever he's dealing with? So um, I want to thank you for that. I- I'm excited to see what what more can happen. And also Nelson Aguilar, because that's a guy that I think that uh, a lot of people have question marks for, but it feels like so far since he's been a Raven, he's been extremely consistent. Now, obviously these are practices right. and it doesn't, you know, tra- always translate to regular season and in game, but you know, he's had a history of being inconsistent. And mm-hmm. so you're curious to see if maybe he's finally breaking the mold and he doesn't have the pressure either. Right. There's some other guys that are going to be in front of him and, and maybe he finds a rhythm because he doesn't feel like he has to be a number two or even a number three as mm-hmm. far as that's concerned. So um I'm excited to, to to see how this goes. Thank you so much, Cordell, for giving us the update to whatever happened uh for day one of mini camp, and there will be more to come cordell will be out there for the rest of the week and make sure that are you back on shaking it up sports
0: yeah i'm back on shaking it up sports uh tonight from okay. seven and
1: all right so he'll give you the update of what he saw uh this evening make sure you listen to 1057 the fan for that so thank you all for listening from cordell to me this is winning pride.